Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Breathing with Ease in COPD, Patient-Centric Strategies to Improve Outcomes and Adherence with Triple Inhaler Therapy. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This educational activity is supported by an educational grant from GSK. Hello, everyone. My name is Nick Hanania. I'm Professor of Medicine and Director of the Airway Clinical Research Center at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. It is my pleasure to moderate this program that's focused on COPD patients, especially those who can benefit from escalation of their therapy from dual to triple therapy. Let's first discuss the burden of the disease in COPD patients. We know COPD is the third leading cause of death worldwide. Indeed, for many years, it's been considered the disease of old men. Anyone who's above 40 may be at risk. And despite the availability of current guidelines, bronchodilators, and other therapies, many patients continue to have symptoms. And indeed, the cost of treating COPD is about $49 billion. Most of these costs come from direct costs of poor control and hospitalization. The diagnosis is based on getting a good history and doing the right thing, that is spirometry. And gold strategy suggests that we use history of symptoms as well as risk of exacerbation and dividing these patients into four groups, group A, B, C, and D. But it's very important to keep in mind that this is not just a static one-time sort of exercise, and there is a need for continuous assessment, adjustment of therapy, and reviewing. We know that from statistics and other studies that mortality from this disease does not only affect patients in group D, but also in patients in group B and C. So we have to really be cognitive about patients with moderate to severe disease who have everyone between 50% to 80%. Those are the ones who, for many years, we thought that they are fine, but actually studies suggest that even those patients may be at high risk of mortality. So it's very important to keep in mind that we have to think outside the box when it comes to COPD therapy, that all patients may be at risk of progression as well as risk of exacerbation. We know that exacerbation of this disease impacts healthcare as well as health utilization. We know that the more severe patients tend to have longer length of stay in the hospital, increased risk of hospitalization in ER visits. But let's also not forget that even patients with moderate COPD also have high risk of exacerbation as well as impact healthcare utilization. And of course, the hospitalization and exacerbations can affect cost of the disease. So part of the assessment of COPD is assessing symptoms. And obviously, you can always ask the patient how they're doing, but that's a really bad question. So we have actually at least two tools that can be used in the clinic to assess symptoms of COPD. One is the modified MRC dyspnea scale. That is a scale that is based on activity and feeling of shortness of breath. And it's from zero to four. Zero meaning no symptoms at all. Four is I can't do anything without being short of breath. With MMRC scale, a score more than two suggests high symptoms. Another important scale is the CAT questionnaire, the COPD assessment test. And this includes several questions where patients can grade the answer from zero to five. And then you calculate the score. And of course, the score more than 10 suggests the patient have high symptoms. 
Assessing exacerbation is another important issue. And identifying patients at risk of exacerbation is very important. And one of the very important help for us is history of prior exacerbation. But let's keep in mind, patients don't volunteer to tell us that they had an exacerbation. That's why it's very important to ask the patient, did you have a visit to the ER for COPD or needed oral steroid or an antibiotic or were you hospitalized in the last, since I last saw you? One third of patients with exacerbation do not report it to their physician. Another risk factor is having chronic cough and sputum. Those chronic bronchitis are at high risk of exacerbation. And there are other risk factors that have been identified. Of course, an important biomarker that predicts exacerbation is blood eosinophils. At baseline, when you see a patient doing a CBC with differential and the blood eosinophils more than 300 cells per cubic liter, if there is no other reason to have a high blood eosinophils, so just this patient is at high risk of exacerbation. Blood eosinophils has been described as one of the predictors that may actually predict the need for ICS addition to the dual bronchodilator therapy, especially if the blood eosinophils is more than 300 cells per cubic liter. We can summarize that those who may benefit from triple therapy are those patients with two or more moderate exacerbation despite being on bronchodilators, those with high blood eosinophils more than 300 cells per cubic liter, those with history of asthma, COPD overlap, those patients would definitely benefit from escalation of their therapy, adding inhaled corticosteroid to their dual bronchodilators. Okay, so now let's take a look at when we may consider triple therapy in COPD. Triple therapy meaning a LABA, LAMA, ICS in patients with COPD. Gold strategy has emphasized that patients at risk of exacerbation who are already on a long-acting bronchodilator, either a LABA or LAMA or both, who continue to have exacerbation, two or more, they benefit from adding an inhaled corticosteroid, particularly if their eosinophil count is more or equal to 100 cells per cubic liter. Naturally, patients who have more than 300 cells per cubic liter would benefit from an inhaled corticosteroid even earlier in their disease. We also know that patients who have less than 100 cells per cubic liter should not be considered for an inhaled corticosteroid. So what's the evidence that GOLD strategy used? Well, there are several studies that looked at triple therapy versus dual bronchodilator therapy, all of which have shown consistently a benefit from adding an inhaled corticosteroid in a specific population who are at high risk of exacerbations. The two landmark trials were the IMPACT trial and the EFORS trial. In the IMPACT trial, they looked at the efficacy of imeclidinium, volantarol, and fluticasone given in a dry powder device once a day. On exacerbation, obviously other endpoints were lung function as well as secondary endpoint was mortality. In the IMPACT trial, they showed significant reduction in exacerbation patients with triple therapy versus LABA-LAMA alone or ICS-LABA alone, suggesting that the triple therapy is superior to dual therapy in this population. In the ETHOS trial, they looked at another triple therapy, which includes bodesonide, glycopyrrolate, and formoterol given through a meter dose inhaler twice a day. And similar to the impact, the investigators showed a benefit from adding triple therapy in these patients at high risk of exacerbation, comparing to a LABA-LAMA or a LABA-ICS alone. 
So therefore, we come to the conclusion that in patients at high risk of exacerbation, and definitely in patients with high blood eosinophils who already are on elabolama, cheaper therapy reduces exacerbation. Another efficacy endpoint, although this was a secondary endpoint in both studies, was the effect of triple therapy on mortality in patients at high risk of exacerbation. While neither trials were powered for mortality outcome, the data from both studies, IMPACT and EPOS, reported benefits from reduction in mortality with triple therapy compared to dual bronchodilation. This obviously is very exciting for us as clinicians seeing COPD patients, but need to be further investigated in future studies. So what about safety of triple therapy with ICS labalama in patients with COPD? And what do we know from clinical trials, observational studies, as well as systematic reviews? Well, obviously, ICS has a very important role, as mentioned earlier, in patients with high risk of exacerbations and those with high blood eosinophil at baseline and those who continue to have symptoms and exacerbation despite dual therapy. However, one has to be cognitive that inhaled corticosteroids may increase risk of pneumonia or other infections, as well as there may be long-term side effects regarding bone thinning as well as skin thinning and increased risk of topical side effects. In my practice, the most common and most frequent side effects from this is oropharyngeal candidiasis and dysphonia. That's why it's very important to keep those things in your mind when you're prescribing triple therapy that you have to monitor these patients, check their mouth every time they come in, make sure they don't have brush. They need to be rinsing their mouth after using their inhaler that contains an inhaled corticosteroid. And they also need to let you know if they have any other side effects. So I think in general, when you look at impact and ethos studies, the safety profile in these two clinical trials have been very encouraging. However, in real life with patients who have comorbidities, things may look different. And that's why it's important to have continuous surveillance of these patients. So in summary, we know that there's been triple therapy patients who were treated with ICS labalama versus dual therapy had fewer moderate or severe exacerbation compared to dual therapy groups. There's also a signal of decreased mortality, although this needs to be investigated further. There may be increased risk of pneumonia in some patients, and physicians have to weigh risks and benefits when prescribing an ICS-containing agent in general with COPD. We know that adherence is a major issue in COPD, like it is in all chronic diseases. And obviously with adherence, it could be intentional or non-intentional. The patients may forget if they are on polypharmacy of drugs, which COPD patients often is the case. And it could be that they have different beliefs and distrust of the drug and they don't believe it's working. And that's where education plays a major role. But also it could be that they just forget. And so simplifying the regimen and delivering the drugs in one inhaler device and less frequent than twice a day is actually a very important benefit in general for any patient, but particularly for these patients with COPD who are often on multiple medications because of their comorbidities. It is very important to assess the patient's preference on inhaler device. What I mean by that is 
Some patients do not like to have a powder sensation in their mouth. Others do not mind it. Some patients don't like a complicated device like a meter dose inhaler. So it's very important to assess inhaler delivery system before you prescribe any medicine that targets the airway, particularly when it comes to triple therapy. Why? Because inaccurate technique in using a meter dose device may actually end up depositing the drug in the wrong location, particularly in the upper airway, where there is increased risk of thrush and topical cancer. But also you are not targeting the disease where you want it to, and that's the lower airway. So the shared decision-making with these patients is very important. Obviously, there are other external factors that may dictate which drug to use, and that may include the coverage, insurance, and cost. The inhaled route is certainly the best route to deliver medications in COPD patients, not only because we avoid any side effects from systemic administration, but also we are targeting the disease right on top in the airway. So inhaler techniques is very important to be able to target the disease where we want it to be. So in summary, we believe that triple therapy has actually provided a great advantage to the patient's armamentarium of therapies. We have discussed the fact that patients with two or moderate exacerbations, those with a history of asthma and those with high blood eosinophilia baseline are definite candidates for having an ICS-containing agents to the LABA-LAMA combination. Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.